The voluntary reaction is a safe space where known dullards gather to drink from the keg of glory or drown in the pool of despair. All opinions, takes, questions, criticisms, and insults cannot and will not be held against a speaker after a 24-hour cooling-off period. Please listen accordingly. In the world, was that possible? Uh, they only took 44 shots. Uh, Tennessee makes 12 threes tonight. It was Josiah Jordan-James leading the way for Tennessee. 22 points, 7 rebounds for the senior you had Ziegler going for 12, Phillips and Key both had 10. Good to see Key making a couple of buckets out there. Uh, and Tennessee just absolutely grinds up LSU here tonight. Davey, not much to say about this one. LSU overmatched from the beginning and just never really were in the game. Very much so. And, I mean, that's a team, as they talked about on the broadcast, and we've chronicled that they – basically returns zero scholarship players trying to get things together. Not been a great conference start for them, but you got to commend Tennessee went in there, just went with the approach that we're going to play some really good defense. The offense was clicking early uh, again with another starting lineup where you didn't have euros down low. Um, ultimately it didn't matter, but you were able to get some good minutes from Tobey Awaka and your guards just played like they needed to play. And you had James Ziegler and Vescovy just, kind of do their normal thing. And it's also good to see uh, Julian Phillips uh, continue to, to look like he's, he's capable. He's, he's still putting it together, but I'm, I'm liking with how things are starting to get for this team. Bear, we drink from the keg of glory. Any thoughts on what we saw tonight down in Baton Rouge? Uh, I mean, just a, a solid effort, especially defensively. I, I felt like they, they brought, um, just it was it, to my eye i hadn't seen that since the end of last year so it, and it might have been i mean lsu was totally outmatched i mean you're when your four best players are transferred in from murray state into the sec i mean it, it, it's really hard to get a good feel for uh a lot of stuff off a game like this but they did what they were supposed to do which is you know they were uh, we had them from the get-go and just smashed them. And and the, it, that's what you – if you're a good team, that's what I expect good teams to do when they're playing uh, teams that they just have a massive talent advantage over. That's got to be pretty cool for the players that went there with him. I mean, obviously, K.J. Williams belongs at this level, but probably um, a, a couple of those guys that went for Murray State were – you know, OVC level recruits. And now all of a sudden they're playing on ESPN Saturday afternoon in the SEC in the big arenas with all the cool facilities and everything that goes along with that. It's yeah. pretty neat for them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a historic program, but K KJ Williams is the only uh, player they have that would maybe, you know, that would get minutes here. I think a you know decent minutes so he's a hell of a shooter but um you know the tougher part of our schedule is coming up so i'm still a little concerned i feel like he's not uh, correct me if i'm you know i may be totally wrong but it it seems like we've got some guys that are racking up major league minutes right now and i just wonder how much uh how much wear and tear on their legs and just how much they're going to have left in the tank. If How long they can keep this up. I mean, the guy played, what, 35-plus again tonight? 37. Small frame, though. It Usually those can, can take a lot more of a, I, I guess, a, amount of minutes than you would say, like, you're – I don't know. He looked like he was tired in the second half at times. And not, not as far as defensively or ball handling or any of that, but – um, just his shot. Yeah, his shot definitely went away, but I mean, it's not like we'll get Euros back. the The biggest issue right now, as far as like who's not been playing well, is Kamwa. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. He's he started the year out those first two SEC games, back to back games where he didn't miss a shot, fifteen consecutive made field goals, and since then, he's done nothing. That's kind of always been. I mean, consistency's been his one thing. 
I feel like almost his entire career. Now I realized he had turned it on and he got hurt last year. Um, and who knows if it would have, you know, if he, if he would have gone through a, a slump, but consistency has been his biggest enemy. I mean, you look at his stat line, one of four from the field for two points, three rebounds, uh, one block, a turnover, and four personal fouls. Fortunately, you didn't need him to have a good game today. But, yeah, especially if, if – He got foul trouble early, didn't he? Uh, I, I think so. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. I, I just know it's it's just been weird kind of going back to what Russ was saying about the first couple of games in conference plays compared to what we're seeing now. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he better turn it on because, you know, we're going to need it. But, Bear, I will say I, I would be kind of concerned with some of the minutes if this team wasn't as deep as they are. So that, that gives me a little bit more comfort than I would say from years past. Yeah. I don't know. I, we just – we get – and it, we only saw it for three minutes tonight. But um, when Zakai's not in, it it's – our offense is uh, – it's just – night and day different i think without him running the show he did so. have a double double but he is he is the best point guard in the sec so he, contrary double, to, double 12 points tennessee also great catch he Arrow. also led the team in blocks <laughs> he's got a block man that was great and it he's wasn't crappy, like a, man. It was, he swatted it too was the thing it was it wasn't like a partial deflection he I mean, granted, it, he rejected it forward toward the goal, but uh, it was a nice block. All right, let's get some speakers going here. If you want to speak, go ahead and request. Uh, we'll get to as many folks as we can here tonight as we get things rolling on a night when Tennessee defeats LSU in Baton Rouge, 77-56, to 56, your final. Had to sweat out the uh, – what. What a nice little wager here this afternoon. A little cherry on top had uh, Tennessee holding LSU to under 59 points or uh, under 60 points okay. today. And okay. uh, it got a little hairy there, but uh, we got the job done. Yeah, you probably felt really good at halftime. Felt really good at halftime. And then uh, that's why I wasn't exactly clamoring to see the walk-ons for Tennessee in there <laughs> towards the end. Keep the starters out there, Rick. We got uh, we got our Ken Palm stats to worry about here. Got to keep everything nice and tidy, you know. Keep your account at FanDuel tidy is what all you worried about. Brad <clears throat> in Nashville is up first tonight. What's up, Brad? Not much, gentlemen. Just watching a I don't know lunch pail performance. I mean, they it was a program win, and um, we're in a different place than they are. And they went out and played a game, and that's about where the two teams are. So nothing really surprising with uh, what went down. Um, as far as our uh, game versus Georgia, how do they compare to LSU? Do you think that we'll be able to take this kind of uh, efficiency and just, I don't know, um, uh, momentum's the wrong word, but just um, competence on the road for a second game in a row and actually be able to uh, rack up a couple of SEC wins before the Texas game? Georgia game's at home, right? I, I, yes, I, that, that's I my bad. I thought I heard him say it was on the road. But that's at home. It'll be a seven o'clock Eastern on Wednesday on the SEC network. Georgia had a bad loss today. They lost at home to Vandy. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. I don't, is that a, I mean, I know they have won a lot of games, but uh, they should be winning more games than they have. I don't know what, what's the deal with them. Mike games? White's their coach. Can't I'm not talking about Georgia. Come in here and win. I'm talking about Vanderbilt. Oh. Uh, sorry, I kind of got distracted there for a second. Um, Vanderbilt, like, I just, I don't know. They got shit luck, man. Uh, I, I can look up the luck rankings for young Kimpom for them in a second. I just, I mean, they don't have anybody that's just super dynamic that I think it, they just got some so-so players. No one that I view as clutch, and they just can't really put it on whenever it matters. Um, I mean, again, like, I think when we played them, their bench players were the only reason they stayed in that game. Uh, but... I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not a believer in Jerry Stackhouse, so it's I think it starts at the top for them. And again, with their athletic department and how much they actually care about sports, it's uh, definitely on the the totem bottom of the totem pole for the SEC programs. Uh, Stackhouse has grown on me. Oh, I hope they keep him. Exactly, give him a lifetime contract. 
Every time you see him walk through those doors, it's a big fat W for the big orange. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, his lack of anger management, you know, it's kindred spirit, I guess. And even better, you get to beat him and make fun of him. But as, as far as uh, that, that was the main basketball thing, it was kind of a ho hum game. You don't really take wins for granted in the SEC, but uh, this game. It was two different teams playing with two different levels. Um, there is one thing that I wanted to ask you about before I go. I needed to change the subject a little bit. Um, I've been bouncing around on Twitter. Did Vitello really get a commitment from Manny Ramirez as kid? That is the word. Yes, he did. Dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. You want a little, about a little Manny being Manny and Lindsey Nelson here in the coming years? <laughs> oh, man. I'd love to see that crap. Um, is he going to so, get – is he Is he? Ever, are we going to – I mean, how good is he? I mean, is this a kid that's going to go in the first round? And who knows? There's no telling, man. It's baseball. Um, he's got he's got good genes. I know that. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if it's going to take some kind of nil deal to get him here or not. I guess that's up to the scouts to decide. I just I'm just happy to see my boy doing work, and um, we're less than 30 days away from that being fun too. So take it easy, gentlemen. Go balls. Thank you, Brad. Well done, sir. Yeah, I think that um, Tennessee baseball is going to be a hot topic of conversation in East Tennessee and on the fan-run airwaves starting up here in just a couple of weeks. And we'll be doing a couple of voluntary reactions for uh, not all the games, but certainly some of the games. And hopefully, as the season goes along, more and more in a long postseason run, Let's get Austin in here next. What's up, Austin? Oh, give it a second. Let's see if we can connect. Austin, hey, you there? Hey. Hey, what's hey, up, man? Good. Uh, yeah, just a you know workmanlike effort uh, from the Vols tonight. And yeah, just the I talked about it in the halftime, but just the three point shooting is just yeah, you know, been out of this world. I just wonder how consistent we can keep it up um you know these pat they they have a stat running and i forgot exactly what it was but like i wonder what it is now with the three halves past three halves of basketball have just been some some really really good offense and that's not something i'm used to saying about about tennessee so i i hope hope we can keep it up and do the same thing to georgia and then we've got a We've got a big, big one next Saturday. Well, we're getting really good looks this week. You know, Mississippi State and LSU did not do nearly as good a job of guarding the three-point line as Kentucky did. And teams that are athletic and can guard Tennessee and and make or miss shots from three are going to give Tennessee problems. And I'll give Tennessee credit. With, I just thought we, we had a lot of just wide open looks, you know, where you catch the ball and kind of set your feet, you know, lick your thumbs, see which way the air is blowing, just kind of gently stroke your three. And uh, you don't get a lot of those, but they made them tonight. That they did. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys about something they said on the broadcast. And I know it's, you know, one of those just kind of talking point things. It doesn't really matter until we actually get the actual bracket set. But they said something about with Kansas losing, there's a chance that the bracketologist put us on the one line after today. Still a lot of games left to be played. But what do y'all think about that potentiality and what that means kind of going forward? I wouldn't have a set of one just yet, but they're definitely flirting with that. If Alabama loses tonight, uh, they're playing Missouri right now. I, I, I could see Tennessee being right there. I, I would say that we're about the fifth or sixth best team. Uh, when you kind of just use the eye test, again, it's January. There's going to be a lot of shakeup, but according to both the Net and Kim Palm, uh, they have Tennessee second. And, I mean, as we've talked about it, the defense is the main reason why we're there. But another good offensive performance tonight can only help with that. So I think uh, we beat Texas, or take care of business against Georgia, beat Texas, then I really think you'll start to see that conversation of Tennessee deserves to be a one seed come into play. And, of course, whatever does happen with Alabama whenever we play them, fortunately we get them at home 
that'll also say a lot, but that's, um, I mean, that team's on another level right now from what they've been able to do offensively. And it, it sucks though that Brandon Miller's as good as he is, especially, I, I know his dad was a, uh, Alabama alumni, but would have loved to have seen the Tennessee kids stay home. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, I just wanted to leave you with that guys with that. Um, but I was going to say something else about the ranking. Uh, just that it's going to be one heck of a game against Bama. I'm, I'm I actually got tickets to that one. So shout out to my dad. That was my birthday present. Uh, it made up. My birthday was actually uh, the Kentucky game, the 14th. Um, so that made up for it a little bit there. Um, so I'll be happy to maybe see some y'all Knoxville folks uh, when I head up there uh, next month. Yeah, man. Hope you, hope you yeah, enjoy it. Should be. Should be a cracking atmosphere, as they say, with a um, – that'll be a 7 or 8 o'clock. I think that's a Wednesday, Tuesday, or Wednesday game. So that'll be a night game and uh, should be a lot of buildup. Um, I think that the tip-off being at 6 for Texas – I mean, Saturday night basketball and Thompson Bowling is hard to beat. So hopefully we have a, a good crowd and the arena will be rocking and national TV and all that stuff. Um that could be, you know, is it bigger than beating Texas in the Bahamas? I don't know. But beating a top 10 Texas team in Thompson Bowling with what that rivalry means to Rick, I think uh, you could certainly argue it'd be the biggest win of the season. I'm just frustrated, too, because of how bad we played in that game last year. Yeah, but, I mean, that game was the turning point. We played so poorly, and yet – they had that furious comeback at the end and Josiah misses a three that would have won it. So we were right there. Um, but yeah, this is, this is going to be a big one, man. Davey, explain something to me, man. Why? So, and, and I, I don't think we're one of the four best teams. So I'm not saying that we should be a one seed right now. I'm not indignant about it or anything. But the disparity between the discrepancy between the um, like the AP poll, the coaches poll, and the net and Ken Palm, they say Ken Palm is the most used analytic out there, and the net rankings is what the committee actually uses to seed the teams. How can we be number two in those two all important um, measurements and not be a one seed? It's a great question. Uh, the, the, the main reason is because whenever that group does get together and they're deciding, all right, who's there, we do have the win over Kansas. But if you look at that loss over Colorado, I don't think the other teams have that bad of a loss. And I think that really sets us back. I know it's early in the year. And again, a lot's going to change. Um, what was, I, I think, and you got a lot better argument for the one seed today because TCU beat Kansas, but they beat them so bad. I think that actually hurts Tennessee's argument there just a little bit, but Arizona won and they beat UCLA. So UCLA is going to drop. You do have the loss to Arizona, but I mean, you're right there at the four and the five. The, the, the best teams in the, in the country right now are Houston, Alabama, Purdue. And then you can argue Tennessee could be that, that four team. I just, uh, knowing some of you really aren't answering the question, David. It was how are we not there? It's because because Russell asked, we're number two in the net and the Ken Palm. They say that's what they base the seating off of. Why are we not on the one line? It's not a convoluted. Doesn't it doesn't seem to me like it's it shouldn't be this are convoluted. We, are we just looking at Joe Lenardi's one line? Is that why? Yeah, I mean Lenardi and Palm. I mean, I just think it it kind of comes up to lack of offensive ability. No, I, I get that. Like the, the Colorado loss hurts and we would, I, I feel like we would definitely be a one seed if we hadn't lost to Kentucky. I feel like well, they probably yeah. would have moved up to the one line this, this week. I, I totally agree. I, I, I really do think it comes down to uh, the offensive efficiency. We've, we've seen some of these droughts that we have. If you look at it, I think on Kim Palm uh, of like all the top teams and like the top six, Tennessee's got the worst offensively. Uh, 35th, I know that hasn't been accounted for today, but if if we just continue to not have any poor offensive performances and we can get that number of adjusted offensive efficiency up into, the, I'd say, the 20s compared to, like, uh, just 
across the country, I, I think a lot more people will start getting in because I mean, in any sport, we know that it's like how flashy can you be on offense is going to impact the the eye test a lot more than defense. But as far as metrics, as far know, as metrics, I don't have a good answer for you as to why we're not there. Yeah, that's if that's a simple I, I answer. I mean, it's and it, again, I'm not I'm not mad about it because I I just don't. I don't think we're quite there yet. I think Tennessee's very good. I don't really think that we should be a one seed in any of the bracketologies that are coming out now. I think they could play themselves into position to yeah. be a one seed. I also think we could play ourselves to be in a three or four. I think that like a two seed is probably pretty good right now. I think that's probably what Tennessee's earned. It is just, we're, you know, you, you keep up with those two metrics, um, in particular, and it's there's a disparity there between what those say and and what the quote unquote experts are saying. Tennessee would be seated at. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm long just, time to go. I'm getting to that point in the season where um, it, because everything about this about the seating and all this stuff it, is it, it points like uh, very convoluted, and nebulous. So. I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, if, if you want to be a number one seed to me, you beat Alabama. You go on a tear here, and night in and night out, you're bringing it, and you, you've got to you got to beat Alabama. Um, and you know, I really feel like we're going to need to go to Kentucky and beat Kentucky and Rupp. And I mean, UCLA. I know they lost today, but they have three losses. We have three losses. All theirs are to ranked opponents, and they've all been within single digits. So. Well, it's like Houston's one loss is to Alabama, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to have some big wins down the stretch if you want to get to the one line, but it just reinforces, like, if you hadn't lost to teams you shouldn't have lost to, i.e. Colorado, then you wouldn't have to necessarily win those games to have that kind of seeding. But they, you did yeah. lose to Colorado, you did lose to Kentucky, and now you've got to continue – to win to in, in improve your standing. If, if we had not lost guys, to Colorado, uh, we would be a one seed, and I think most most bracketologists would have us there. You guys concerned at all? When do we go to College Station? Um, do we go down there, or do they come up here? Yeah, we go there February twenty first. Yeah, that, I mean that's going to be a hard game. I mean they. If they hadn't gotten the referee screw job today, I mean, they they were in that game and right in it for most of it. And then, you know, it's going to be a, the referees did just enough. That'll be a critical week, though, because you host Alabama, you follow that up with a road trip to Lexington and then a road trip to College Station. Jesus, God almighty. What would you take right now, Russ? I'll, I'll turn the table, do your thing you always do. Two out of th- two and one in that stretch, would you be and, happy? And what? That three-game stretch, A&M, Alabama. Kentucky, and Bama. So it's Alabama at home on a Wednesday, Kentucky on the road that Saturday, A&M on the road that Tuesday. That A&M game probably is the hardest. Well, I mean, it, it's it's going to be the third really difficult game in less than a week, so – and it's the tail end of yeah, I mean, I, playing the I, number one team in the country and then your I, arch rival. I would probably take two and one right now if you, if you granted me that. Hmm. But we take them one at a time, just like we take these calls. Joshy Boy is next. What's up, Josh? What's up, guys? How's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thanks. How about those balls going down to Baton Rouge and whooping some ass, boys? Something uh, about Baton Rouge has been good to the balls the last couple months. Like, uh, a lot of orange in there tonight as well. Shout out to Sean Nunley, a couple of other uh, folks I know were down there at the game. Like uh, Bobby Boucher used to say, guys, Tennessee opened some can of whoop ass. Oh, man, they made LSU quit, man. LSU tapped out and early in the second half. They were like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Hey, let's just get this clock rolling here, man. Just, we don't want any. Guys, I mean, we're just – I'll go ahead, Barry. I was just saying, you know, part of it is we're just – like Davey was saying earlier, we are really deep, especially 
are bigs and it's just they keep coming and hell Pospich didn't even play you know and they got Cam Y got in a little bit of foul trouble and then a, a dude went out and then here comes this freshman Awaka you see yeah. anybody are, are you guys starting to get I don't know I'm not even gonna say it I don't want to put that on him not yet are you about to say Grant vibes with him I mean he's just he's big and blocky like that He's a if he can, if he can, I don't know if he we'll see if he can develop the the uh offense that Grant did. How about uh we'll we'll stick with Carlos Groves vibes for the time being. Oh shit. Yeah. I ran with Carlos Carlos Groves. <laughs> it ain't that mean. Guys, before I get to the game, Davey, if we didn't have a confident GM and John Robinson, if he wouldn't have traded away AJ Brown. I think we'd be playing in the playoffs today. What do you think? Uh, I, I think we make the playoffs. Now, whether we get out of the first round is a completely different conversation just because of the injuries. But John had a lot of issues there the last couple of drafts and just the inability to get an offensive line that could stay healthy and one that you could really rely on uh, ultimately is what did him in, in my opinion, not so much the A.J. Brown situation, even though that was, I would probably say it's, I don't want to use the analogy. The well, it, it's it's pretty much like that that final straw. Yeah, but uh, guys, I think uh, whenever Josiah Jordan James has a really good game when he's not missing from the field, I think we're really tough to beat. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's it's a different kind of game when he's hitting his three ball, but. I mean, the, the C word comes up again here, gentlemen, consistency. It's like, is he going to do it consistently? Is Kamwak going to develop consistency? Vescovy, you know, um, all our guys right now are need more consistency just out of this group as a unit. And um, Julian Phillips, you know, what he has 10 points tonight, all in the first half. So... It's just, they're playing really well. Don't want to sound whiny. No complaints after you win by 21 on the road. But there's another level. You know, we we hold the team to such a high standard and we want them to go so far. Uh, I think we all know there's another level of play they can reach. And uh, I'm glad Rick is uh, letting Key be more aggressive. I think Tyree Key needs to be more aggressive and shoot more all the time every game. What do you guys think? Yeah. No, I mean, it, was, it was good to see him hit a couple of threes and doing his, you know, the his post-up game. I, I found myself thinking, would he have been a fun guy to watch in that Bruce Pearl, Dane Bradshaw in the four, you know, oh, hell yeah. forward role. For uh, sure. He's, uh, he's, and he's what I'm talking about. Like he's, he's okay. He's playing fine. He's finding his way and everything, but it feels like he can be so much better. And if we're going to reach our potential as a team this year, he has to find that role and begin to play it as well as he can. Yeah, I agree with that, guys. As a coach, from a coaching perspective, what do you tell, like, the guys going into Wednesday's game for Georgia? It's going to be tough for them not to look ahead to Saturday's game against Texas with a big game against Texas and college game day coming to town. I would say, I mean, you look at the veteran leadership that this team has, I I can't think of a situation this season where – the team has been caught looking ahead. And, I mean, I know Texas is a, is a ranked opponent in top 10 at the moment, but I, I don't think for the players, like, I mean, I, I'm they know that that's Barnes' old school, but I, I don't think they view it as, oh, this is a, a big rivalry that's like, yeah, we got to win, or it's like a win this game at all costs kind of situation. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about anybody on this team, like, looking ahead from – what we've seen so far. I, I at least feel confident in the, the veteran leadership here. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't see this team looking ahead to anyone. But, uh, guys, great win. 
and uh, let's move on to Georgia. And after next Wednesday, let's show Texas who the real UT is. See ya. Thank you, Josh. Last year of the SEC Big 12 challenge. So, of course, they'll be coming here soon. Davey, can can you – is there anything you can do, Davey? We have a problem at Fan Run Radio. Oh, no. We have a problem. Oh, no. And when you left three and out, our award-winning morning show, a hole was created. And uh, granted, it was big shoes to fill. fill. Uh, The interview process was rigorous. Um, I don't know why exactly the decision was made to move Adam Hickman into your role, but uh, Bear, I I don't know if you're uh, following young Hickman, but apparently he's kind of clapping at Will Warren. Um, Yeah, honestly, I've got to admit, Russell, that uh, that was the situation where Will had put out a great tweet and I quote tweeted it and put it to the attention of uh hickman oh so this is your fault you troll you knew that hickman would say something really stupid and so like you thank you bear that that's that's great like thank you for allowing encouraging our co-workers to display their ignorance publicly that's that's good appreciate that yeah like it was a situation where uh i could you know shove Adam into somebody, you know, in, in, in like a, you know, like, like in a fight, you got two guys and you know, they aren't going to fight unless something happens. So you're just kind of passing by and and you chuck the guy in the back and shove him into the other guy to get, well, there's not going to be a fight. I mean, Will Warren is like the nicest guy you're ever going to meet. And no, I I mean, like in a battle of basketball wits. No, it would be like, um, it, it would be like me walking up to Tyson Fury and running my mouth or something. He would just like, he's just gonna be, all right, whatever. Like I'm not worth his time. And uh, I mean, Hickman, I, I don't know. We're talking about like basketball analysts here in East Tennessee, Will Warren, Adam Hickman, Will Warren, Adam Hickman. So I guess to have some background on this, just cause I'm now looking into it. So Will's tweet said, I understand there's going to be the, Wait until March crowd. They can't trust Rick Barnes crowd. The history, the bad stuff, I get it totally. And what I'm telling you is that through two and a half months chasing down age 30, this is the best Tennessee basketball team I have ever seen. And then Adam quote tweeted that, and this is what I guess you all are getting at. With all due respect, then in all caps, are you insane? Did you not watch Tennessee basketball during the Grant and Admiral years? (laughs) That is... That is, I guess, the background situation on that. While I do like Hickman, I think at times he <laughs> will do the thing where he wants to be super outlandish. But I, I won't necessarily say that I disagree with his take that this team is better than that team at this point. I, I need to see more. I think we had more dominant wins earlier on with that Grant and Admiral team. Um now, the, the analytics might back up this team being better. I probably won't argue with that. But from an eye test standpoint, I would I would not put this team ahead of that team at the moment. Well, that, I, that's I my take that's, on the situation. I think that's what he's trying to say. I think we all agree with that. Um, but Will is – he's a numbers guy, right? And so I mm-hmm. think he's – I think that's what he's saying. It's like, you know, he's looking at the numbers and it's like this – this is the best team that he's seen. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Hickman, I see you in here, buddy. All I'm saying is, like I tell Bear, when you go out there in public, you say something, you tweet something, you represent not just yourself, you represent the entire fan run brand. Come on, buddy. Come on. Come on. Hickman, what are, what are you doing, man? Trying to hey, calling nice guy Will Warren insane. You don't even know how to turn your microphone on, buddy. Way does does I test not matter? 
It was, no. Advanced analytics this, advanced analytics that. Tennessee with Grant's team, uh, Billy Stats no. mentioned this earlier to me in a group chat. He said that uh, the Tennessee with Grant Williams and Admiral, better strength of schedule, and we have losses to Ken Palm, 55 Colorado, 32 Kentucky, and 15 Arizona. That team did not lose a single game outside the Ken Palm top 20. Well, the 2008 team went to the Elite Eight. So at the end of the day, it's a scoreboard game. It's a record game. It's how far can you go. It's a tournament sport. Like, I get all that. But uh, you know, let's not uh, act like it's an outlandish conversation to be had. And on top of that, do you see a Grant Williams? Do you see an Admiral Schofield, a Jordan Bone on this team? Jordan well, Bone? Well, only one of those guys from that team is having what I would call a highly successful NBA career, Grant Williams. And Julian Phillips has the chance to be a better pro, I think, than Grant Williams. Yeah, I'd agree. So, like, it's not about the NBA, though, Russell. It's about game on the line, late in the season, win or go home. That team had four or five guys who you could put the ball in their hands and go out and get you a bucket. This team, I mean, maybe it's Phillips later, but I just I don't see it. So right now for the 2019 team, this is where they finished. Obviously record 31 and six Tennessee for adjusted offense. According to Kim Palm, we were third in the country that season, 42nd in defense. So again, it goes back to the numbers. If you look at where we're at right now, you were 33rd. Now, I guess this is updated since um, earlier 33rd in adjusted offense, number one in adjusted defense, second overall. So the numbers back up this team being better right now simply there but as mentioned earlier and i think hickman what you're what you're getting at is just who is that go-to guy you know could score but you could also say you had a lot more liabilities on the defensive end and that costs you in critical moments whenever you're having to guard a ryan klein or a carson edwards those guys were able to basically binge over a barrel uh, when it mattered most and for comparison purdue ended up finishing ninth according to ken palm there that was the team that knocked you out of the tournament See that, Hickman? See that? That's that's how a morning show producer operates, son. You got a lot to learn, Adam. You got a long way to go, buddy. Davey, I don't know how you deal with these dullards, man. Well, we have rational conversations, and uh, occasionally something will be said that gets out of line, but we, we have a civil conversation, and we don't jump to just calling people insane at the first <laughs> mention of something that we, we don't agree with. Bare and rational. Bare and rational. It's a meeting That's of the fun. minds, Hickman. That's what you got to learn. It's a meeting of the minds. I, I, just, I wanted you to defend this horrendous take. You don't, you don't even that, know what the take is, You gave hush, son. You no, gave this, this take trying to piss me off one afternoon at the you stage. You scream like a man, baby. And and, and you, you it, it's indefensible. You've doubled and tripled down on it, and I had to call you out on it. Hey, hey Bear, what did BJ not play? Uh, we're not talking about B.J. Edwards. <laughs> we're talking about your horrendous take about Zakai Ziegler. That you I'm going to give even you know a what chance here, Hickman. I will give you a chance to retract it, and I'll call off the dogs. You, okay? you, didn't know what, you didn't know what the take was, Bear, because as soon as I, I got two words out of my mouth and you started screaming. So you what? don't even know what the take two was. Two words? Adam, you it, said there were eight. I don't care. You want to you want to split hairs now into your straw I, man? It's they I didn't say point guards. Name me eight guards in the SEC you take over Zakai Ziegler right now. I can now, name you Adam. three from Arkansas. I said name eight because that you said you can name eight, Adam. Let's see. Give me counsel. Give me Anthony Black. <laughs> give me Nick Smith. Give it's me Sears. 48 give hours me Vescovy. Give me Texas the rosters. Wait, are you taking Vescovy over Ziegler as a point? Uh, just in general, I would take another Vescovy over Ziggler. Okay. I, I, I mean, to each their own. I, I can't you're, you're give out that as a, as a point guard, I can't but. protect you. I can't protect you. Hey, you, you, Adam, appreciate you jumping in here and trying to defend the indefensible. Admire it. Um, you owe nice guy Will Warren an apology. That was outrageous. Hey, me, me and Warren are cool. <laughs> He, he does good work. It's pretty good. He's, he's learning how to walk it back. Maybe there's hope for him after all. Hey, I'll tell you what he needs to walk back to this take on Zakai Ziegler. Why don't you and um, you and um, Jake Miller go do whatever it is you guys do on a Saturday night. Don't get in trouble, all right? Going up to Oprah. I'll see you boys Monday. See you, man. <laughs>
I'm trying to coach these youngins up here at Fan Run Radio. It's not always easy. Um, I'll give him credit, man. He he will not. He knows he got caught in a dumb take. I outed him on it. But he refuses to come off of it. That whole Zakai Ziegler thing. All right. Let, let's get something straight here. The difference between losing the first round and going to Final Four is Julian Phillips. That's it. That end of story. If Julian Phillips turns out to be the guy, they'll go to the Final Four. If he doesn't, they'll lose to Belmont. Done. End of story. Good night. I feel like you might be oversimplifying it just a little bit. It's probably more likely that Tennessee ends up somewhere in between those two scenarios you just listed. And, like, I don't think Phillips is going to be – I don't think he's suddenly going to be a guy who's, like, averaging, you know, 17 a night out there. But, man, if he can be, you know, at least consistently – giving us double figures that would be good i I would settle for that i I don't know you guys disagree is he a guy that can consistently dominate and take over games i'm i'm not there yet i think maybe like once every four or five games he could go off for 20 points and be the catalyst on that given night but to to go to uh, tyler's first point as far as the difference between final four and first round phillips isn't a guard and we know whenever it comes to March, it's all about guard play. So unless he tra- somehow transitions into one of the best point guards that we've had in a long time here, I don't think that's going to be uh, that big of an impact, at least in that regard. We just now like, and this will go back to the Hickman and bear debate of all time. I, I mean, like I could see Hickman having, or sorry, Ziegler having one bad game in the tournament that cost him. And then Hickman's going to keep coming, 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 coming and be like, all right, this is what I was saying. And it just does come back to, is your point guard able to, take over in those moments that matter whenever you get into March. And we saw it last year. Kennedy was able to do great in the SEC tournament, and that's why we won that championship as Trevor Lawrence gets decapitated. But that's the thing is we need to see the guard play just stay consistent and rise to that level of like, all right, this is a top SEC guard, and he brings it every game in the tournament. That's that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. It's not going to be Phillips. That's that's my, that's my where I'm at on this the conversation. You, you, I'm sorry to say it again. You think it's going to come down to guard play? It, it's going to come down to Zakai in the tournament. That's yeah. who I think it's going to come down to. 100%. Point guard, I mean, you got to, I mean, it seems to me like year in and year out in the, in the final four, the team with the best point guard and best, the point guard who's playing the best is usually the one that's in the final four. I'm trying to think of like a team that won it all that did not have elite guard play. And I can't, I can't think of any. No, I, yeah. I don't think that ever happens. And still when I feel like when, you know, Vescovy, if he's doing his thing, it, it's just one of those deals. It, I think it's, it, it's going to come down to Sakai, man. So what's so so frustrating last year is we had arguably the best one we've we've ever had, you know, and Kennedy was playing at such an elite level down the stretch. And then we just go, you know, two of 18 from three point range at the wrong time. Yeah. And if you make it, you know, even if it's five of, of 18, it's it's that changes things so much in that one game. Get Matthew in here. Matthew, what's up? Hey, fellas, how we doing? Doing well. How are you, sir? Doing well. I uh, missed the second half. I had to go get my ears uh, shortened. But uh, Davey, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, whether you're, you know, uh, on this whole the Kai Ziegler argument, I, I kind of thought about this from the outside looking in. Is Tennessee's been really, really spoiled the last couple of seasons with guys like Jordan Bone and Kennedy Chandler. And I thought that, you know, Zakai Ziegler is a great point guard for us. But the argument I think is interesting, you know, when you look at their assist to turnover ratio, there is a huge drop off uh, with those three guards I just named on where they sit at 
and Ken Palm. It's like a massive drop off. I would agree with that. And and that's not a shot at Zakai Ziegler. He's a talented young man, but it's a, it's an interesting stat line. I looked at it. It it, it truly it reads twenty nine to twenty two for Zakai Ziegler, thirty two to eighteen for Kennedy Chandler, and then thirty to sixteen for Jordan Bone. I mean that's that's just good point guards that we had on our roster. Yeah. And like you said, Russell, if we just hit five of those shots, it changes everything drastically. And I thought that you said it best, Davy is. To carry, you know, to carry this team to a deep March run, you're going to have to have guys like Sakai Ziegler, Tyree Key, and Santiago Scoby cannot go two for 18 come March. You just truly and, can't. And on top of that, too, like, I mean, if you're looking at Ziegler's numbers this year, like, go look at his turnovers in a loss, like for like the Kentucky game. I mean, what do you have? Five in the first half? It just, it, he's really struggled there. He didn't do well against Colorado. Um, and, and so I guess, well, I guess he only had two against Kentucky, but I feel like at times whenever his turnovers happen, they happen all at once. And that's what you can't have where it's just like, you can tell he's off on that given day. And once you get to March, like you just can't afford that, especially with there not being a true backup point guard on this team, unless like for some instance, you put Josiah at more of a point forward situation and he's able to shoot like he did tonight and get the team rolling offensively. But the last couple of games, I mean, tonight had the double-double for Ziegler. Um, you just need him to continue to develop and continue to put up those, put his teammates in situations where they're able to score off of some really good dishes. And I'll hang up on this, but I think the one thing people have talked about is, you know, if it's, if it's a close game, who do you go to? Who do you go to? Does Tennessee have a guy that can go and get you 20 each night? And honestly, this team is so balanced across – across one through four that you really any of our guys can go out there and probably have a great night you know today you know Zakai Ziegler had a nice double double you know Uros Plazovic had 20 versus Kentucky I mean you probably lose if you have something like that but I'm just saying any of our guys can actually come out there and be that guy that night just who has the hot hand and to your point Russell hopefully come March that is Zakai Ziegler that is Kennedy Chara that is Santiago Scobie that is Tyreek Key because I mean, to the last guy's point, you know, if Julian Phillips takes that next step, I mean, this team is as competitive, if not right there with anyone like Purdue, like Alabama, like Houston in the country. And hopefully we'll just continue to get better and better. We don't want to peak. I think this team is still has ways to go to improve offensively. And I think the sky is the limit for this team. Hey, guys, I'll get off here. But as always, go Vols. Thank you, Matthew. It's just another Rick Barnes basketball team, man. Really talented team, nice players, uh, great culture, great. always going to play hard, never going to just not show, never going to have just a no-show. You know, even the Kentucky game, we didn't play well. It wasn't a no-show. Um, but we're all wondering, you know, what what's going to happen in March. And at, at this point, it's hard to be extremely optimistic, but you just keep knocking on the door. And, and we're knocking. Hey, if you guys right now had to guess, I found this interesting. Who has the most points for Tennessee this season? Who would you guess? I'm um, going say Key. He had some no, games earlier I'm, in the year, but I'm going to say Phillips or Vescovy and Triple J have missed so many games. Um, ah, Camwa, Camwa, yeah, I'll go Camwa. Yeah, it's really close, but Camwa's got 195 points on the season. Vesca be right behind him at 194, followed by Zakai Ziegler at 190, and Julian Phillips at 185. And it just goes to show those guys are either starting or getting the bulk of your minutes. And we just know that they can, like, that's it, it could be any given night. It's like there's no one that's head and shoulders above the rest. And I, I think that just really. When you look at that, it, it goes to show. Um, now, again, with Josiah Jordan James, he has missed so many games that it, it we don't know exactly what we'll get there. But it's yeah, it's just such a balanced scoring attack. I mean, the Jaguars one, that, the one that is crazy is on the goal line to pull the within three in Kansas City, and we're in the fourth quarter here. Looks like we're going to have a photo finish. <laughs> <laughs> 
in the divisional playoffs of the National Football League. Yeah. The one if they could get going consistently, just hitting double digits and points every night um, with what we can do with everybody else offensively is Plosvich. I don't think he's – but he, but he I, is, I think he that is. particular cake is baked at this point. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's it's Camo, man. I mean, I've been – it's a broken record for me at this point, but I just think he's the key, man. Like, you you can get by tonight with him doing whatever. You you know, you can – You ain't getting by Alabama with him Mississippi State. No, you're, you're not beating good teams. And if he goes – if he – pulls the disappearing act in the NCAA tournament, we're disappearing from the NCAA tournament. So I, just, I mean it's one of those deals you've talked about it in games like against teams like Alabama or Houston or can't you know those big time teams and and the tournament games is you everybody has to get damn near double digits. Nobody can take nobody could have a bad night and somebody kind of needs to get a little bit hotter than everybody else. Well I mean that we have role players that we don't necessarily need offense from we don't need Urosh to score points we don't need Meshack to score points but and and again we don't need we don't need Kamwa to be Grant Williams you don't have to have 18 and 12 every night but if he can just get you know 13 or 14 a night six or seven rebounds a night and he's capable of doing that we've seen it he's capable of doing better than that but like that if if that can just be his average, like, I think that changes everything for this team. And then, you know, we probably haven't talked enough about Josiah today. I mean, he had a great game out there. I mean, he is the unquestioned leader of the team. And when your leader is playing poorly, that's not, that's never good. When he's playing well, it's always good. And he played really well today, but we bring back the consistency word, you know, what are we going to be getting out of him down the stretch? If, if this becomes the norm, that's a really good sign for Tennessee. What do you guys think of, you know, you, you shake up the starting lineup today with, with Urosh being out. You keep rolling this way or. I think you I keep know. starting Zakai Ziegler. I don't really have a take one way or another. I, I just am curious to see what they do whenever they do get everybody fully back and healthy. Who are we missing? It's just Urosh right now, right? And we're assuming that we're assuming that Vescovy is not a hundred percent. Well, Key, I mean, had been sick, so they didn't start him. So I, I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and we won't know whether they didn't start him because he had been missing time or. I mean, is this going to be one of those deals for the next two or three weeks where whatever they seem to be passing along to one another? Get it out of the system. Yeah. It just seems like we got a bug in the team. Yeah. Years past, it's all happened at once. So, I don't know. I mean, it should be interesting. I don't know. We're – the thing that worries me is when, you know, how we look offensively when – Ziegler's not in there. The whole point guard issue. As good as he is, we don't really have a good Ooh. backup. There's but Mahomes like just missing a off. wide open Kelsey. Dude, he can't. He can't do anything off that foot. I mean, Henny, you let him on touchdown drive. Uh, I get this is like the, they're, they're, this is like the Titans last year with Henry, where it's like, yeah, we're probably playing better with um, Foreman. Even, uh, yeah, uh, Foreman as Deontay Foreman as the running back, but this is Derrick Henry's team. We're paying him a max deal. You know, we got to have him out there. It's kind of what the Chiefs are thinking. We're not, we're not going down swinging with Chad Henney. I don't know, man. They showed uh, when they initially took him out, he was pissed. Like living on the sidelines, Mahomes was. He don't want to come out. The kid's a warrior. About, what about the hit or being taken out? Being taken out. Like he was talking with the training staff and Andy Reid. Somebody put it on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw him s slamming his coat. 
oh no this before that they were standing around talking he was like don't take me out so damn you realize chad henning played for lloyd carr (laughs) i'm serious he was a five-star player he was the starting quarterback when they lost to app state who do you want to be the offensive coordinator for the titans davy Ooh. That's a good question, and I don't really have a, a great answer for you right now because if if John Robinson was still the GM, I, I would be able to give you an answer, but I just don't really know what Rand Carthon's really wanting to do. And, I mean, I know it's going to be that same mentality of uh, physical tough guys, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hate the idea of Eric Bieniemy coming over. I kind of want to see what he does, and here's the thing. If you're Eric Bieniemy, you will never get a head coaching job as long as you stay at Kansas City or, and are underneath Andy Reid. So if he wants to try that, uh, to, to take a shot there, I, I think he needs to, to go ahead and make that move. Uh, I just – I could see them going with Nagy right now, another guy that's familiar with the KC system. But I, I think I did see we're hiring Chris Harris as the defensive backs coach, and I really like that, him coming over from Washington. Is that the former Broncos corner? I'm fairly certain it is. Who was the uh, – I saw somebody mention a name for OC that said the tight ends and the running backs would love it, the wide receivers would hate it. But well, We don't have wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who it was. Maybe somebody for the – I'll look it up while we're talking. I'll figure it out. So, but Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really blown away by any candidate at the moment. Um, and a lot of it, too, just goes with the idea of, like, are, are they looking at bringing Ryan Tannehill back? Because I know they're going to evaluate everybody on this roster. Um, he does have a really big cap hit if you bring him back. And, I mean, out of his salary for, for this coming year, it's what, when do you want to pull the trigger there? And I know a lot of people, Russell, I don't know if you guys have discussed it yet, but with uh, the Trey Lance tweet, guys, San Francisco is not trading Trey Lance. Anybody listening to this just know, like, they are not moving him unless it's a King's ransom. Brock, or Brock Purdy has only played in like eight games. And while he's been good, I don't think it's a situation where you know Jimmy Garoppolo's not coming back next year to where you go ahead and make sure you have a, a guy that you traded a first-round pick for to move up to draft to where you get rid of him unless you're guaranteed like the Titans' next first three-round – next three first-round picks. It's just not going to happen. I mean, they guarantee, they trade. I thought they trade. They that's what they traded for. Trade. <laughs> it's three first rounders. That's what I'm saying. Like they're not moving on from him unless they no. get pretty much in the same, the same type would, of thing back. I mean, why? The, why would you pay Lamborghini prices and not know if it's? I mean, he would be so. That's why I. I just we somebody brought that up. There's no way they trade for Trey Lance. Yeah, not with what the asking price is going to be. How would you feel if he wanted to bring in Garoppolo on the cheap? Uh, I mean, it's not going to. It's not going to do anything for their. I mean, that's that's not building for the future. That's just a gap year. I don't know why you'd want to bring in Garoppolo versus just keeping Tannehill for another season. So I think I'm kind of hoping they just keep run it back and work this draft on rebuilding the line. And yeah, I just I don't know what you're going to do at receiver. You don't. I don't know of anyone that's really going to hit free agency that you're like, that person's an automatic difference maker. Um, obviously, looking back on it, maybe Traylon Burks can look can, can step up, but you never should have dealt AJ. And while at the time, like, again, it could work out for, for Traylon Burks and he, he'd be great. But for if you're trying to win now, getting rid of him was just ultimately the, the kick that's going to, like, take your legs out from under you and you know that you're not able to do anything. But yeah, it's. I mean, like, I'm at least excited for this offseason just to see what they do. But I, I know, like, I don't like the Titans could win the AFC South next year. I, I think with with what they might want to do, but I don't see a situation where they're able to really do anything once they do get to the playoffs, unless they make some some big splashes this offseason. They're they're a long ways away from that, in my opinion. You think the Colts will draft Levis, Russ? Lord, Lord, I hope so. But I mean, they got to find their head coach first, and there's there's no telling what they're going to do there. J- uh, Jim Irsay 
anything can go with that guy. Uh, so it's it'll it'll be fun to watch. I, I am kind of glad though that the Texans ultimately, and it's not just because they're in the AFC, but or the AFC South. But I'm glad they did not get the number one overall pick, just because I don't think the Bears will take a quarterback at one. So you at least know there should be some movement at the top of the draft board, and that just creates more intrigue and you know more more excitement for fans just waiting to see what happens. And but then whenever I look at it from okay, the uh, Texans did win a game that cost them the number one overall pick. Then they fired their coach. Like that does bring me some joy. Boy, love you with the ultimate fu on the way out the door down there, didn't he? Yeah, and that that, that organization's just absolute shit. So they can't. There's no reason they should have fired David Coley just to then bring in. Lovey and promote from within and really what was going to happen was they they wanted to, the McNairs wanted to hire Josh McCown like I kid you not they wanted Josh McCown to be their head coach and then they saw the backlash from that happening and they're just like oh god we can't do that so then they just kind of screwed around they're like all right I guess we're just going to promote Lovey Smith from within that just shows you the incompetence there the only thing they have going for them right now is they've got a lot of draft capital because of the Sean Watson trade but I don't know. We'll see. It's gonna it's gonna be an interesting offseason. I'm hoping the Jags lose tonight, but great game tonight between the Giants and the Eagles. Looking forward to some fun. And hopefully tomorrow we get some incredible games. But at this point it does look as though we will have a neutral site AFC championship. So I wanna see how that goes because I really think the league, uh talking with um Steve Tasker yesterday, and Steve was saying that he sees it happening to where that becomes a permanent thing to where the AFC and the NFC championships, it's kind of like the Super Bowl where it's like a team will bid to host that event. And I hate that, man. I, I'm not a fan of it, but I, I, it's more money for the league. It's money grab. That's all. It's just so greedy. Just corp, raw corporate greed. And just screws the fans and screws us. It's a lot bigger deal, you know? I want to see somebody go into Kansas City or Buffalo or wherever, or Nashville. Be hosting a lot of championship games in that brand-new Titan Stadium, though, I would imagine. Well, that's a good point, Russ. Potentially. I don't know. It's I, like, I am a little concerned about the number of seats and if that uh, does deter them from having more events come here, at least from an NFL they standpoint. Won't, the, surely they will make sure they have – the threshold minimum of seats to host Super Bowls and whatnot. I mean, I can't, that would be insane to me if they didn't do that. There's no set number on the amount of seats, at least from uh, what I've seen. If if I'm wrong, somebody please let me know. But they have an idea of like, they want to have at least 70,000, but I think they've had events where it's just like slightly under and they're like, all right, we'll, we'll make it work. But Bring in a couple chairs. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be the good thing with like March Madness events, though. It's, I mean, they'll be able to put a bunch of seats on the floor. Did you guys go to the Super Bowl if it was in Nashville? We'd have to get in. I would not pay a ticket to go to yeah, a Super Bowl unless my team pass. was there. That's what I'm saying. If the Titans are in the Super Bowl, Hendon Hooker starting at quarterback. I mean, what what is an average Super Bowl ticket these days? Over a thousand bucks, probably. You might be able to get in for like eight hundred. I know who would be there. Crazy John Reed. Oh, John. He'd he'd probably splurge on it. Yeah, I could see him yeah, doing okay, that. Bud. Kind of well, curious what the going rate is right now. Well, gentlemen, uh, let's hope we actually get to have that conversation in earnest someday. It'd be nice. Wrapping up, Tennessee cruises to an easy win at LSU tonight. Nice to finally get that streak broken. Had been five consecutive losses for the Vols in Baton Rouge. Uh, This was a team you did not want to lose to. And so now we turn our attention to Buzz Whiteyear, now coaching at Georgia, bringing the Bulldogs in Wednesday night. Uh, we've got 
a big game a week from tonight against Texas at the arena. That should be a lot of fun. Be a little uh, later, 8 o'clock or so, for the volunteer direction that night. And we look forward to talking to you then. Bear, Davey, any closing thoughts as Jacksonville almost runs the kickback? I'm not putting a fork in the Jags just yet here, Davo. Yeah, you're slightly ahead of me, so I, ha- I haven't seen that just yet. But uh, definitely I'm going to be staying on this one until the clock strikes zero. But as it relates to the Vols today, glad you're able to go into a place that you've struggled over the last several years and take care of business. Uh, no drama in the second half. And hopefully you can have that happen whenever you play Georgia this week. And then we'll see what happens when Texas comes in. But looking forward to having some good conversations uh, as we move forward into this 2022-2023 season. Bear? I was um, – I like afternoons. It's nice to have afternoons like this where you, you just mash somebody. You don't have to get worked up about it. So it's a good win on the road in the SEC against a hated rival. Um, just like Davey said, we just need to continue to get better in, in the big C word, consistency, Russell. Absolutely. Let's take care of Georgia this week. Let's make sure they understand, though they might have sold their soul to become dominant in football, and I can't necessarily blame them. Part of that deal is, the trade-off is, when you sell your soul to become that dominant in football, you don't get to be good in anything else. Not even a little bit. You can't be good in basketball. You can't be good in baseball. You can't even be good in women's gymnastics. Their gymnastics program has to tank. Those are the rules. And Rick Barnes needs to make sure that they abide by the rules, calling for the hammer job, the big beatdown of the Bulldogs, rub their noses in it, make them like it. Um, uh, what did the guy say? What did the uh, Harrison Ford's character in Apocalypse Now say? Terminate his command with extreme prejudice. Terminate the Bulldogs with extreme prejudice Wednesday night in Thompson Bowling Arena. We'll talk to you then after the game, everybody. Have a great Saturday evening. Be safe. Thanks for tuning in to Volunteer Your Reaction. Don't forget, check out Fan Run Radio all week long.